वेलकम बैक लिसनर्स दिस इज श्रीकांत योर होस्ट एंड चीफ क्यूरेटर ऑफ इंस्पायर समवन टुडे एवरी 10th एपिसोड आई ब्रिंग इन दिस फीचर व्हिच इज कॉल्ड एज फ्लैशबैक 10 व्हिच बेसिकली गिव्स अ समरी ऑफ द लास्ट 10 एपिसोड्स द की थीम्स द की लेसंस एंड द की टेकअवेस ओ बॉय डजंट टाइम फ्लाई दिस इज द लास्ट 10 एपिसोड्स एपिसोड नंबर 45 टू 54 वेयर आई हैड 10 सुपर गेस्ट्स joining me and you and sharing all of their insights it started off with shreyas singh who spoke about the return of harappa to roshan paul who spoke to us about his freshly minted book the new reason to work and we had lalita huja sanjana kiran the customer experience expert natali schooling vijay gautam my podcasting guru who did this wonderful podcast on vulnerability then brought in two key experts from the financial and wealth management industry in saloni sangvi and atul singhal who shared about financial wellness shared about investments that we got to make and then about career transitions to krishna gopal and finally the latest episode of adapting a different mindset the horizontal vertical mindset which was shared with us by sasa komos so what i am doing here in this episode is bringing you what has been the key themes from these last 10 episodes which is broadly into four major areas starting with making career transitions to how do we take advantage of the situations huh? how do we take advantages of the circumstances that were dealt with which was beautifully elucidated by a couple of our guests and then the impact of stories like roshan paul spoke about the impact stories that you get to hear and then sanjana kiran the coach for all the olympians shared about mental well-being and we wrap it up with financial wellness as shared by atul and saloni so with that said let's jump right in and get started with flashback then seem to be working out for me you know once feels very intelligent having made those decisions but of course all dots connect looking backwards uh, they don't connect looking forward right you have to you know first collect the dots so that you can connect them later um i think three or four um really true transition points um and yes my i think my my professional journey really confuses my family friends and you know even other professionals who are looking like how is she doing this and i keep saying like i'm a non techie non mba founder ceo of an online learning business right of a tech company of a tech company and an online learning business uh, so i i think i do confuse and puzzle a lot of people and it's fun to see you know sort of that look of like how is she doing this in lots of people's eyes because they you know people have a sort of a set image of you know a linearity of how you collect experiences and which helps you set you up for your next stage i think couple of key decisions one was to obviously i started even in my journalism career i started very early on in television and i think leaving television to work in print was obviously one big decision but the one big career transition point was leaving journalism um and that decision and i think that decision at that point which is i think 2014 15 now i guess 2015 is when i yeah, finally took it 
is because I had discovered that I actually had many more skills than a journalism career would ever be able to use because it has a certain. So that was one, you know, important clarity that I got. The second important reality actually was that the media industry and the journalism industry itself was is has stagnated, has died. Um, you know, you, there are not that many role models who you want to be, and you know, you still have another thirty years of a career ahead of you, right? So, if you're truly ambitious, and that's something that you know, in my book, you mentioned the book, the Wealth Wallers that I'd written. One of the entrepreneurs, highly successful entrepreneurs, I'd interviewed for the book. He told me something that has always stuck to me, and is is advice that I offer other people. Um, is you have to pick seventy percent of your Career growth is also about being in an industry which is growing. Because however you good you are in an industry which is in you know, journalism has some of the smartest, most well-read people with a great knowledge and engagement with the world. But you know the industry itself is not growing. So however good you are, you know whether it's salary increment, whether it's reach or whatever, you will be limited by the realities of the industry. So always pick. So I think that. Was something that had stuck with me as well. Okay, the long story actually. Frankly, I was this uh, average Joe, right? When most average youngsters probably don't have a clue on what they want to do in life, right? So I, I was like that. So I have actually recorded a TEDx talk of about twelve minutes. I I delivered it to the uh, uh, Tian Shan Park in uh, TEDx in uh, Shanghai, of course, virtually during the uh, COVID time. That talks about how I made. Decisions in life, and the topic of that was serendipity, right? So it was my life has entirely been of one of serendipity when things just happen. I think I have to bless, uh, or rather, I am blessed by God, and I have to thank God for the opportunities that came my way, and so on and so forth. I don't think I planned like many people do. I mean, many of my friends plan their lives and their careers so very well. I didn't do any of that things, right? So uh, I mean, I just did an engineering because I got great marks in science. Uh, I went and did MBA because you know I got admission, <laughs> and you know I chose marketing because I didn't like finance. I didn't want to do production and go back into you know after having left engineering etc. So anyway, so marketing etc. So VJTISPJ, and I started uh, you know because I did marketing, I started in sales and marketing and all that, and just kind of stumbled along and did whatever I did right. And in 2013. I rejoined uh, Tech Mahindra. I left them in 2011, right, and then went and uh, kind of joined another company where which I didn't like. Then I decided to be on my own for a couple of years, uh, working with startups, working with colleges, and so on and so forth. And then I rejoined Tech Mahindra. At that time, then the CEO CP Gurnani put me into a sales training role. During which time, of course, I created this very famous program called AIM Achievers in the Making. You know, it's there on my social media. So as I started to do that program, I realized that hey, this is what I was born to do. That was the time when I used to hate weekends. I used to look forward jumping out of the bed on a Monday morning, wanting to get back to training, working with youngsters, and so on. And you know, many of us want to be in that space, right? I mean, we know Sonu Nigam loves his job, or Sachin Tendulkar probably loves his job, but most of us are likely. Dragging our way to the work because you know we have to pay for the bills, we have to pay for the EMI, etc., etc. Right? I don't think uh, there will be many who probably love their job, but I certainly went about my job. I won't say hating it, but 
you know, many times you have this saying, right? If you don't get what you like, you have to like what you get. How oh, true it is! If you don't get what you like, you have to like what you get. So that was Krishna Gopal and Shreyas Singh on this first theme of career transitions. You connect the dot backwards, and you have to pick seventy percent of your career growth in a growing industry. Those are some sane words. And to top it up, you become unique when your career stack is unique. For all of you out there, if you want to make a career transition, do jump into these conversations that I've had with Shreyasi and Krishna Gopal to get little more distilled insights as to what it takes to make a career transition. Moving on, the next theme is about how do you react to situations. when things are thrown at our end how to take advantage of those situations so that's the next one do listening well 17 short years ago um i worked for a um temporary recruitment business when that was still in vogue and So temporary recruitment is a bit like an estate agent. You know, everyone kind of fishes from the same pond. You know, you've got your buyers and you've got your sellers and you know, why should I use you as an agent vis-a-vis somebody else? So temporary recruitment's the same thing. You know, we've got the same client base, we've got the same temp staff, and I ran the financial services division for a particular company um in South Africa and Basically what happened was um there was a change in legislation which benefited our business quite quite a bit. So there was suddenly this incredible um opportunity for for temp staff in South Africa. And so what happened was the the market became flooded. They were lo- everybody was in recruitment. Okay, it kind of feels a bit like now everybody's in CX, okay. And so I had to really think about you know in a commoditized industry how was i going to stand out again as you said i come from a very very uh, you know humble background my parents worked really hard to make the ends meet and i won't say that you know we were in the place where we didn't have the food and stuff like that we did have we just had just enough right uh, there was no nothing for us as such when it comes to luxury if i wanted you know some shiny toy then you know i knew that i'm never going to get that because we were just uh, sailing through and uh, for my parents the biggest achievement was that they were able to send me and my sister to the school and i am very grateful for that because they migrated from our village to a town so that we can go to a, a school a better school and uh, you know get educated there that's pretty much been my childhood where it's just a regular normal childhood and when i look back uh it feels that you know some of those formative years because i saw my father working really really hard i remember this one instance where i was putting my head on my mom's lap and we were just having a conversation and i told my mom you know what mom when i grow up i am going to start my own company and i'm never going to work for anyone and uh, she would just laugh and say that you know <laughs> what are you even saying do you know that for you to start a company for you to do your thing on your own you need money and that's something that we don't have but you know even though my mom said that but 
but somehow I was convinced that, you know, this is possible for me and this is something that I'm going to make it happen when I grow up. And that's also because I have seen my dad work for someone and work really, really hard and obviously not getting paid enough. And that's when I said that, hey, you know what? I'm never going to work for anyone. I'm going to work for myself. You know, that's one of those, you know, incidents that sort of, you know, stands out when I look back on how probably that belief in myself when I was growing up uh, sort of helped. That's one, which is having that belief on me, even though people around me said that, hey, we're not really sure if that is going to be possible for you. And that's the same thing that I kept, you know, hearing throughout my life. Like, hey, we don't have money. And, you know, I don't think you can ever start a business or anything when you grow up. So that's one. The second thing what really helped me in building that confidence is as a kid, I was this active kid who would go out and participate in school event. I would go out and participate in debate competitions. I would participate in speech competitions and I have won awards for my school. And, uh, you know, I was a head boy at my school. Every single function of the school, I would host it. I was up there, out there, you know, being visible in front of people. And when I was doing that, I sort of became this popular kid in my school. And when you are a popular kid, what happens is a lot of people come to it and say, oh my God, you are amazing, you are amazing. And, you know, that, I think, you know, when I look back today, at that point of time, obviously I had no clue. But when I look back today, I think, you know, when people come back, came back to me and said that, hey, you know what, you are amazing. We love seeing you on the stage. I wish that, you know, I could go on a stage and speak like you. That, in a way, also helped me gain the confidence that I'm special. Wow, is the expression that I get hearing these two folks. That was Natalie Schooling talking about how she turned her customer experience journey from that initial incident that she had many, many years back and how that turned out to be a stepping stone to what she is, global customer service, customer experience consultant. And then Vijay Gautam, who spoke about what he wanted to achieve despite all odds. This is what champions are made of, right? Having the self-belief, even though people around you dissuade saying that this is not going to happen, but to go against the holy grail and make things happen. So this is what we have covered under this section of taking situations under control and making or taking advantage of that. So moving on to the next section of this flashback 10 series is impact stories. Listening as Roshan Paul and Lalit Ahuja chimes in their own journeys, their own impact stories that has made them and their organizations to what it is today. favorite stories is we had in our class we had um, in in one of our classes there was two young men uh, one was a guy from switzerland his name was Gianmarco, and another was a guy from india his name was sriram and uh, they were interested you ha- in our program you have to do an innovation project uh, you have to take what you're learning in class and apply it into a real world project and they were really interested in doing something for the street children of Nairobi or the, the youth living in slums. And um, 
uh, I'll spare you the whole process, but eventually what they came up with was the idea for, you know, a lot of tourists go to Nairobi. Kenya is a very popular tourist destination. And uh, they've said, like, what if we could do uh, city tours of Nairobi led by the children who grew up on its streets? So see the city from the eyes of a street child. And uh, that actually, so they started an organization that would train street children to lead city tours. And that really took off. Um, it did really well. It's, it is now listed in the TripAdvisor number one thing to do in Nairobi. Um, they've had, you know, tourists from more than a hundred countries have gone on that tour. You know, and now they've actually moved out themselves. They've turned it over to be led by the youth that, you know, are giving the tours and both Gianmarco and Sriram uh, have moved on in their lives as well. And so that's uh, a beautiful story from Nairobi. From Sao Paulo, uh, you know, one story I, I really like is uh, the story of a another guy called Morris, who, um, you know, he was really passionate about um, aging, you know, a young guy in his early 30s, probably. And he was passionate about helping the elderly community in Brazil who are getting quite isolated from society in a way that's very common in the West and growing increasingly common in India, too, I have to say. So what he did was create a platform where these elderly people could come together, they could find inspiration, they could find opportunities for ongoing professional development if they wanted, they could find opportunities to mentor others. And... Uh, find meaning and purpose uh, despite having retired and, and all of that. Uh, and that also, you know, has done quite well. And Morris is now considered a thought leader in Brazil. He writes a column in one of the big newspapers. He leads events and, and things like that. So, so that's another really good story from Sao Paulo. From Bangalore, again, I'm trying to, you know, with all of these, there are so many options. I'm trying to, to pick one that would be easy to tell as well, because so, so often people's stories are beautiful, but they have ups and downs and they have twists and turns. And it's not so easy to tell to tell those stories. But let me tell you a story of a young woman called uh, Bairavi. You know, unfortunately, early on in her life, she uh, knew someone who committed at, at a very young age who committed suicide. And uh, she became very interested in seeing how we can do mental health support for young people in India, for children and college students. And so you know, she started an organization called Mitra Trust uh, to that helps college students and high school students to deal with mental health uh, issues so that, you know, they don't feel the need to take their lives. Five lives in one. Started my career 10 years in the Navy. Had the opportunity to spend time uh, at the academy, getting trained, training others. Uh, spent a lot of time on warships. Saw hostilities served in dockyards, had some diplomatic uh, engagements. So a life full of uh, diverse experiences. I guess uh, if I have to put my naval experience in perspective, you know, some of the best leadership lessons uh, were learned in the Navy. And Navy sort of truly got me where I am today because it was all about driving results. Whatever it takes, uh, you got to execute to perfection and to win. Uh, you got to have Career agility, uh, you got to move from one type of an opportunity to another kind of opportunity. And you're always learning while you're running, right? So, which is uh, not too many career opportunities provide you with that uh, leadership experience. From there, 
became the CEO of Datamatics, uh, got an opportunity to pioneer the growth and evolution of the outsourcing industry in India, from there to starting LG Electronics in India. So the opportunity to truly bring in the consumer electronics revolution in the country, uh, working with Rupert Murdoch and uh, heading Star TV for a number of years before checking the I want to be an entrepreneur box. So, you know, that's in some ways been a journey. And as I said, it's been a fun ride, you know, living five very different lives in one life. We started off Flashback 10 with career transitions, then taking advantages of the opportunities that careers provide to us. Then we moved on to Impact Stories. We heard from Roshan Paul and Lalit Ahuja on how their stories had impact on their own careers. Wasn't it amazing? The story of the street children of Nairobi, city gazing to the eyes of the street child and five lives in one. A Navy veteran has turned out to be a much sought after C-suit executive. As Lalit says, learning while running. And to wrap it up, just want to highlight an interesting point that Roshan made, which is networking is not about what you get, but what you give. How profound is that? So let's move forward. The next theme is about financial wellness. We were lucky to have two wonderful guests on the trail which was uh, Saloni, top 30 under 30 individual and Atul Singhal, founder CEO of Scriptbox. Both of these individuals share what does it mean to be financially secure? What is financial wellness all about? And areas one needs to focus on investing. Listening. interesting anecdote. So Warren Buffett, I'm sure everyone's heard of him. Everybody knows of him. He's one of the most successful investors in the world right now, right? He started investing when he was 10 years old. And today his, you know, his net worth is what it is at his age, right? If supposing he had started at 30 years when he was 30 and he stopped investing when he was 60, when a normal person would usually retire, his net worth would have been only $12 million. That is not even 0.01% of his net worth today, right? So the differential between the two is investing for 80 years versus investing for 30 years. It is all about time. Yeah, so I think in terms of when you're looking at investing, you also have to decide how much risk you're comfortable taking because at the end of the day, money has to bring you peace of mind. Money should not be stressing you out, right? So financial wellness or financial well-being is a combination of awareness. So you should know your goals, right? You should know what you want to achieve. And obviously, it changes over time, right? Just understanding the basics of finance, uh, of taxation. So we run a program called Money Skills, right? This is a pro bono program. We run at all the corporates. Where we'll talk about tax planning, we'll talk about basic financial planning, we'll talk about uh, why investing is important, difference between equity and mutual funds, or, or, so just the different asset classes, asset allocation. So awareness is the first step towards wellness. If you don't know what it means to be well, financial wellness is, I think, three estates. One is peace of mind. 
And peace of mind is that I know what I am doing with my mind, money, and I am doing the right thing as far as I know. So our brand promise at Scriptbox is financial santushti, because you have to be comfortable with the amount of money you have, and and what you are doing with that money, whether it is uh, you are earning twenty lakhs, fifty uh, lakhs, one crore. Everybody has his own challenge. Some people have to put their children through college. Some might want to live abroad. Some might want to have a retirement plan. Some might want a bigger house. So having uh, our job as a, a, a wealth manager or wealth advisor or your as your as we call it boatman majdhar who's going to walk with you, we define financial wellness as comfort with what are you doing with your money. And very often uh, you need an expert by your side because you don't know a lot of your biases. Uh, the second is having a plan about your money. So I, like my daughter, just started her career two years ago, and I said, "Hey, first and foremost, if you're earning hundred, twenty-five, twenty to twenty-five percent has to be invested, saved. Forget about invested; has to be saved. You can't spend it. So uh, post-tax, whatever is in your money, optimize your tax, put twenty-five aside. It's like a piggy bank; you can't touch it. Then you figure out what you want to do with that. You need first an emergency corpus, and COVID taught us that, right?" You might lose your job. You might have a financial emergency. Second is about having a plan. Financial wellness is having a very well thought through, structured plan, creating an emergency corpus, putting aside enough money for your slightly one-time annual expenses. Right? You might want to take a holiday. You might want to upgrade your phone. You might want to buy a laptop. You might want to. So everybody has different stages. So putting enough money aside every month for these one-off larger ticket items. Thirdly, is having enough money or some part of that money for your long term, which is going to be seven, ten years, twenty years, and having a plan around this is financial wellness. That you know you are comfortable with the amount of money you have. You have a plan. The last part is executing that plan. Well, the takeaway here is money has to bring you peace of mind, not stress. Financial wellness is understanding our own requirement. building a plan and executing to that plan also to be aware of the biases or the unconscious biases that we have towards money be it desperately running behind returns or the fomo effect or how long to stay invested so money should give you so the takeaway here again is money should give us peace of mind not stress understand your relationship with money with that we'll move to the last section of this flashback 10 series which is about mental well being with two wonderful guest an olympian coach in sanjana kiran talking about the nuances of mental well being how do you recognize mental mental well being and sasa komas who shared her insights on what mental being can do to workers the role of a leader in setting up an environment where everybody thrives So that's on this section of mental well-being. Um, you know, before we get into that, it becomes important to understand what it means to be mentally well. When we talk about well-being, we are not talking about the opposite of mental illness. We could not have mental illness, but still not be well. That we need to understand. So being mentally well is to feel pleasant most of the times, if not all the times. Um, be happy with who we are. Be largely content with what we have. Be in peace with 
the goals we might have set, our needs, our wants. Be secure within ourselves. Uh, have the ability to love ourselves, no matter how we are. It could be our physical appearance. It could be our financial condition. It could be uh, whether we have a certain skill set or not. Uh, but loving ourselves and being comfortable with who we are. You know, understanding our own emotions. Doing the right thing for ourselves. Having the courage to employ integrity. So integrity is doing the right thing when no one's around, correct? So having the courage to do that, uh, which requires conscience and uh, developing that conscience of ha or having that conscious conscience to know that we are doing the right thing. So uh, broadly, that is being well or mentally well. And so the full story of that is that my father uh, was a heavy-duty mechanic and not an easy job, right? And, um, you know, a lot of, you know, very intensive, kind of blue collar job, um, long days. So it was never, I would say, the easiest job or perhaps the the most delightful work environment. But but it, it got a lot worse in the last couple of years for my dad because the, a, a manager had been brought in who it turned out was quite a toxic manager and started bullying my father, who initially was the type of person who would not stay quiet. He was never afraid to speak up. Um, not afraid to voice an opinion, but because of that, he became a target with this manager and started experiencing a bunch of, um, of toxicity, anything from, you know, being given crap work shifts, you know, told off all the time, um, disciplined in various ways. And this man started making my father's life quite miserable. And my father actually started having trouble sleeping, which at first was, you know, a few nights here and there. I mean, we've all had a bad night's sleep worrying about stuff at work. But unfortunately, in my dad's case, it became quite chronic and it turned into months and months and months of not sleeping. And, he, you know, at this point, he was now he had to go off work on disability because he couldn't function very well because he wasn't sleeping. He had a ton of, you know, the stress chemicals, cortisol and adrenaline in his system. And all of that to say that after about 10, 11 months of this, my dad actually took his own life because he was so desperate to sleep and to rest. At that point, he had lost, you know, the ability to think of, is there any way out of this? So all of that to say, this was just as I was launching into my graduate work. And so I, I very quickly pivoted in the research I was doing to wanting to understand the impact that managers or leaders have on their people. Um, because this was in about 2004. And at the time, at least here in, in Canada and North America, there was a big focus on the time on workplace wellness and companies were doing all these things like a lunch hour yoga program or, a, you know, pedometer contest and how many steps can you take, which is, is all fine and good. But I wanted to know, like, is that really enough? And so I started doing this, this research as part of my, my graduate degree around the impact that leaders have on the health and well-being of their people. So that was helpful. How leaders play a role in creating a toxic-free environment. I liked what Strasser stated there. If I'm not operating at my best, then everything else is a moot point. Indeed, isn't it? What are we striving to do all along is to have a better version of ourselves. But if that fundamental piece is not what it is, then everything that we do around that is meaningless. So my dear listeners, hope you enjoyed this particular series of five lessons, five different themes 
that was part of the last 10 episodes just to give you a recap we spoke about career transitions we spoke about taking advantage of the situation that's thrown around us and about those wonderful impact stories then we wrapped it up with insights around financial wellness and mental well-being i hope you enjoyed as much as i did talking to each of these 10 super guests and bringing you these doses of inspiration because this is all about creating ripples of inspiration on your favorite channel which amplifies inspiration until next time keep listening keep inspiring and if you think somebody else needs that dose of inspiration do not hesitate to forward this podcast thanks for listening and getting back to you in about a week's time until then keep inspiring i think one of the things that i've been thinking recently and you know one of my team members called me up late in the evening uh, said that bj can i have a word with you and it was 10 in the night and you know i picked up the call and i said yeah what is that tell me and she goes on and said that you know i'm feeling a bit of out of place lately and the reason that i'm feeling that way is because you know when i go online on internet i see all these people doing this amazing stuff and i feel that i'm not doing enough i feel that you know i'm not taking as much action or playing full uh, into my potential and i feel insecure that you know even if i will ever be able to create anything massive or anything big in the world i turned around and told her that you know what i feel exact same every single day that am i going to be able to create a huge difference in this world uh, am i going to be able to do enough and the reason that you even feel that you know there are so many people doing amazing things but i'm doing nothing is because you you have a awareness and you have you have somewhere the feeling that you are capable of doing something amazing if i was to say one message to people i would say take the first step today you don't worry too much about where something is going to lead to or strategize or even make a big decision like quitting your job or something like that i would say in the service of something that you think would be fulfilling for you and making a difference in the world take the first step today whether that is to read a book on a topic or have a conversation with someone who's an expert on it or watch a documentary whatever it is you know start to move start to do something and then one one thing leads to another in ways that uh, you can't ever predict and uh, beautiful things happen that uh, if you're an entrepreneur or planning to be one uh, courage and conviction believe in yourself go for it go for it hard have fun doing it like my father once said if not you who if not now when beautiful things will happen by taking that first step don't be shy don't be afraid go out there and shine to the fullest because the world needs you thank you keep inspiring thank you for listening into today's edition of inspire someone today it's been a privilege to bring in these conversations if you like this episode and have any feedback or comments do mail me at inspire someone today podcast at the rate gmail.com inspiring someone is like creating ripples around us if you like what to listen feel free to share them and let's create ripples of inspiration do not forget to follow me on my instagram handle at the rate inspire someone today podcast 
for all the latest updates. This is Srikanth, your host, signing off. And until next time, keep inspiring.